Hey y'all, welcome to this video, video or podcast, wherever you're listening or watching to this is going to be a little different because usually on my YouTube channel, I post like 10, 15 minute type of videos, but this, my friend, is going to be different because this video is going to be more of a long form podcast type of video where I just tell you a lot about a lot of the marketing life and mindset stuff I've been sort of learning. I have a MacBook right here. I have a lot to tell you, my friend. And uh, if you want to listen to this episode instead of watching it right now, there's a link in the description of this video. Be sure to have a click, have a listen, and have me in your ear while you do your errands. Uh, I love to be in your ear. That'd be really nice to be in your ear. That sounded really bad. Anyways, uh, I want to share about like a bunch of marketing insights and tactics I've learned this week that I'm really excited to share with you. Some life advice, and I'm just gonna go off the riff and just tell you about my life too. Okay. So first is this. I want to share with you some digital marketing tactics that will really help you become a really good digital marketer. And your boss is gonna be like, "Whoa, you know this stuff." And you're gonna be like, yes, I learned from this guy named Belief. And then your boss is gonna give you a raise if you're in a job or if you're already a freelance marketer. These are gonna help you get clients. All that good stuff, okay? So first uh, topic I have for you is this when it comes to digital marketing. This is one thing I've learned. I'm gonna call it the other side of the credit card swipe effect, okay? The other side of the credit card swipe effect, all right? So I was watching a video, uh, this guy named Alex Hormozzi, I'm pretty sure if you watch this video, this channel, you probably know him on YouTube and everything, but he was talking a little bit about how to give a customer an understanding of what the other side of the credit card swipe experience would be like to them if they made the purchase. So let me give you an example. So Amazon, from what I hear, are, is doing this new thing where instead of just buying something, you can get the item delivered to you, you can use the item, and if you like it, then you can buy it. And essentially the problem they're solving with that strategy is you know, when someone's about to buy something, I don't know about you, but like if I'm buying something, let's say from Fashion Nova or whatever it may be, if I'm about to put my credit card information in, I'm just thinking to my head like, yeah, but what if it doesn't look exactly like I want it to look? What if it doesn't fit me? You know, it'd be so nice if I can just feel it and see it. And oftentimes I'm like, oh, you know what? Screw this. I'm not going to buy this online. I'm actually going to go to the store. I'm going to commute and drive all the way there to the store just so I can feel it. I can feel the, like the fabrics, I can try it on, see if it fits me, and then I'll have a really, really good idea if this is something I actually want to buy, right? And the idea, and, and the thing behind this market strategy is this. If you're that person selling the online thing, instead of having the customer wonder, oh, what is the experience going to be like once I purchase the service or the, the product? Instead, you know, give them this experience beforehand. So what does this look like? All right, this might be a little confusing right now, but what does this look like? For example, let's say you uh, sell freelance email marketing services, or maybe you edit podcasts for small businesses, right? Instead of just being like on your landing page, uh, get all your podcast episodes edited within two days and then you launch your show, blah, 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 right? Instead of having all this crazy copy that's just like, hey, look how great I am, look how great I am. Instead of doing that, 
why not show them in that landing page some of the behind the scenes stuff that takes place when you work with them. So for example, let's say uh, the client sends an email with the Google Drive link towards like the audio, right? And then you manage the project on Trello board where the client can see everything. You know, include a screenshot of that Trello board on your landing page. And when the prospect is on your landing page, they're gonna be like, oh, so this is the process and this is what it's like to work with this person. I can totally see myself doing this. I can see myself sending this email. I can see myself opening this Trello board. I can see myself uh, making sure I'm up to date with the project with this Trello board. It all makes sense. And all the mystery and clutter around what it's gonna actually be like when I purchase this service or buy this product, all that mystery is gone now, right? So again, it's like the other side of the credit card swipe experience. You wanna demystify all that. I remember I was on a sales call with the client now. And uh, in the sales call, they were like, you know, I need to launch a podcast and do this. And what's funny is I did the same type of thing for a previous client. So in the sales call, I'm like, hey, Joanne, obviously not her real name, but I'm like, hey, Joanne, why don't I show you some of the Google Docs and how I worked with this previous client? I'll screen share and show you what, what we went through. That way you get a good understanding if, if this is for you and you decide if you want to work with me or not. And I screen shared the Google Docs, the emails, all the stuff, right? Obviously hiding confidentially, all that. But after I screen shared them and shared them, she was like, oh, this is what I wanted. This is exactly it. Let's go. Like she was ready to buy, ready to like swipe her credit card. Because again, I demystified the other side of the credit card swipe experience, right? So that was a very insightful thing. So whenever you're writing your copy, just be mindful of that. They want to know what it's like to like experience the other side of the credit card swipe. So that is one <laughs> cool marketing thing I learned. But damn, this is going to be a longer podcast and a lot of juicy stuff, my friend. A lot of juicy stuff, all right? Hope you're enjoying listening to this. Hope you're enjoying watching my face and uh, my hair. And I hope my lips aren't too chapped because sometimes they are and I get a little self-conscious. All right. So listen to this quote I came across. So I'm working with a client right now. They're an agency and, uh, you know, I have them on retainer and everything, which is really nice. And they help, they help software businesses make millions in revenue, right? They're like the top. They're like so good. Right? I, mean, I, I learned so much working with them. And uh, I was kind of going through some of their content and it came across this quote. I came across this quote that I literally have to share with you. Okay. I'm going to read it here. Okay. If you want to differentiate the quality of customer you get, you know, whether it's content or like email, whatever it is, you'll need to differentiate how you understand their problems better than anyone else in your market. Let me repeat that for dramatic effects. If you want to differentiate the quality of customer you get, You'll need to differentiate how you understand their problems better than anyone else in your market, okay? Think of it like this. Let's say someone's trying to sell you something and they come up to you and they tell you about your problems to the fucking T. Like they know you almost to the point where they know you better than you know yourself. And the person tries to sell you something, right? Like, let's say it's just like some fitness thing and you have lack of motivation and you struggle with all this and they're telling you like, you struggle with this and the motivation to get up and you have no energy. And then by the time they're done, you're like, oh my God, you know me so, you clearly get it. 
bro, you, you get it? You get it? And at that point, you probably won't even care how many clients they've worked with in the past. You don't care about their price. You don't care about like the social proof stuff, all these tactical things because they get it so freaking well, right? And that could be really good for your copywriting, right? That could be really good for your sales call. When you understand them to their core, people will trust you and they will know what you're doing. Oftentimes in sales calls, I have to ask, I thought there was someone in the house. That's weird. <laughs> Oftentimes in sales calls, I have to ask a lot of questions, so it really gives the feeling for the prospect that I know exactly what they're going through, and I know like I'm taking the time to understand them. I was on a sales call with this person. We had signed up for a coaching program type thing. Uh, they end up buying buying my services, and I asked them like, "Why did you go with me out of everyone else? Like, come on, like let's be real. Like, why you go with me? There's a lot of other people you could went to." And he was like, "You just get it. Like, you get me." And I'm like, oh, okay, because I asked you the questions, I got it, and you feel like you got it. Ah, okay, interesting, right? Interesting. So that's one thing, understanding pain points. Let me tell you, I have a friend, a fucking successful guy, right? Like a really good friend. His business is about to make almost half a million dollars. Uh, I think this coming year, this is something, like a lot of money, right? He's a public speaking coach. You probably know him. If a friend, you're watching this, you know exactly who you are, bro. <laughs> and, um... I'm like, whoa, he made a LinkedIn post about like, I'm gonna make this much money in this amount of time. And I'm like, what? Like, that is wild, like how? And besides just feeling bad about, my, about myself at that point, cause I'm like, what am I doing now at this point? I, I thought to myself like, why does he, is he doing, like how is he getting this? Like what is going on so, like, so well? He pivoted into a new niche, which is like public speaking, right? Public speaking coaching, but he was making so much money so fast. I'm like, how? How do you do it? And I realized after he showed me all his funnels, his emails, his marketing, his sales, his like every fucking thing, right? I realized why he was able to do it. It's because he understands his pain points of his customers so well to the T where if the customer read it, they'd be like, this is literally the go-to person, right? He took the time to really define exactly who his customers are and it reflected all their pain points in their emails. Let me give an example. So he's a public speaking coach and he only helps IT professionals in like executive positions, right? So these big people, IT, so they're kind of nerdy. They don't know how to talk to people, I'm assuming, right? Like they probably don't come off as confident because they're IT, because IT people don't have confidence, clearly, right? Kidding, kidding. But but you get the idea. And they're executives and and they, they, I keep thinking someone's here. I, and they're executives and they make a lot of money. And um, so that's his niche, right? Very specific. People are working in ideally tech and IT profession roles in high level positions, management plus, uh, who feel like they don't have confidence. And then he was writing down in his like webinar, like if you struggle with point A, point B, point C, and I'm reading point A, point B, point C, and I'm thinking to myself, this is so specific. I think one of the points was, if you go up to a conference room and you feel like an imposter where you have to b make a business case in front of executives, but you really don't feel like you know what you're doing and you're shivering uh, because you think everyone thinks you don't know what you're doing, then this is for you. And I'm like, whoa, that's so hyper specific. My God. Or like, um, if you ever try to pitch yourself in some people and you keep getting questions like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? It fundamentally means you aren't able to communicate what you offer to these people because you're speaking too complicatedly, whatever. 
he just got their pain point to the freaking T. It was insane. Like, I would read, I'm like, how the hell do you know this? I, I do know how he did this. He literally spent a whole month interviewing people as ideal clients and got very, very specific. But damn, I was like, damn. Again, know your customers so well that they feel like they, you know them inside out. Like, inside out. To the point where it's almost creepy. I'm gonna put that out there. To the point, it's almost creepy. Like literally, be a creepy marketer. <laughs> I'm just kidding y'all, I'm not saying that. If you're listening to this, I'm not saying that. You're watching this, you know I'm just kidding y'all. I'm just kidding y'all, I'm just kidding, kidding. All right, the next thing I wanna talk about is more copywriting, cause I like copywriting. All right, here's this. I was listening to a podcast, and the podcast was very interesting because it was about Tim Ferriss and how he uh, improves his podcasting skills and interview skills. And I gotta freaking tell you guys, yo, this guy, this man is like a next level. In my head, I'm like, okay, cool. Like you know, hit the camera on record and you just talk, and you're good, you're good, right? You good, you Gucci. But man, like, he's like, I do this, like, he went down like 20 steps just to like review a transcription of an interview. And I'm like, all this over a transcription, he's like, I do all this just to get rid of like ums and so what's and all these little minute things. And I'm like, holy hell, this guy is a next level. Like, he, there's a reason why he's a top podcaster. But anyways, in the podcast, he was talking about... He would send, early in the day when he was new, right? He would send transcriptions of the actual podcast to his friends and ask these friends, hey, at what point did you zone out? Like, like what point did you zone out? And I think it was like a Google Doc or something or a Microsoft Word Doc, and they would leave comments at points that they would zone out, right? And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So you send them a transcription, you figure out where they're like kind of zoning out, and then moving forward for your next episode, you're mindful of that, right? And um, I also listed this other advice too. It's like when you're making a YouTube video, watch someone watch your video. I was like, whoa, yeah, in front of you. Like watch someone watch your video in front of you. You're watch watching, like if you watch fucking triangle or something and watch their face. And if they feel like they're zoning out, they're not smiling, then you know exactly how your video lands. So that's how you know you want to improve on it, right? So, so keep that in mind. The reason I'm saying this is because I was uh, helping a very technical data-like software client repurpose one of their case studies as an email for like a series of sales email that we were trying to figure out, right? So take the case study and turn it into an email. Basically condense all this information into a smaller email. And I'm going through the case study and I'm like, ha ha ha, like what? What are you talking about? And I constantly found myself zoning the hell out and I'm like focus 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 come on focus cuz goddamn this data like IT tech shit like is so complicated it, it was like oh it was like a boring ass textbook and I'm like and I thought to myself if me as the copywriter who has to read this feels this worn out and just done with how will a cold prospect who only has 30 seconds to spare feel when they're reading the case study? Mmm. Mmm. So if you're a copywriter and you gotta write case studies, yo, ask yourself, am I zoning out? If I give this to someone and are they zoning out? And if the answer is yes at any point, y'all, we gotta work on that. We gotta work on that. Cause that shit is not good. Alright? So 
How do you avoid that? How do you avoid writing copy that just makes people zone out and, and then therefore get no conversion, then your boss is mad at you, your client's mad at you, whatever it is, right? Here's a couple of ways, okay? First, the problem with this case study was that they used a lot of technical large data like like terms that literally made no sense to me, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll read something there, okay? Here it goes. They then applied these tags to the applicable data objects once the tag is assigned to the data object. IT company advanced AI job can be run which recommends fields they may also need to be protected based on the metadata present. Did you just get anything I said? Did you get anything I said? You were like, probably like, uh, uh, what, what, what the hell, what the hell? Right, you probably didn't get anything I said because the use of Metadata, IAI, applicable data objects. What the hell are you saying, man? So avoid technical large acronyms type of stuff that'll just like, it just makes you sound too nerdy, you know? The problem here is this. Sometimes, as a marketer, you should not be, in my opinion, as a marketer, you should not be too in-depth, nitty-gritty about the thing that you're selling. Because the problem then becomes, you, you think like the person making the product. But the problem is the customer doesn't think like the person making the product. So when you talk like the person who made the product, it will not resonate to the person buying the product because the person buying the product, they just want a result. They don't want this technical database metadata bullshit type of thing, right? So take that in. Do not be a nerd. Again, be a creepy marketer, but do not be a nerd. Man, if my if my next boss or something sees this and like the shit I'm saying here, man, woo, right? Anyways, so um, review your copy, make sure it's not boring, don't be a nerd, all that good stuff. That's the point for that one. All right. <clears throat> all right. Next point, I'm gonna drop some productivity advice on y'all. Some productivity. I'm gonna make you so hella productive that you will literally be able to fly. Do you wanna fly? I heard you. You said yes. And because you wanna fly, I will tell you these productivity tips. I'm having way too much fun with this. <laughs> way too much fun. All right. So I'm right now at this point where like I've hit burnout a couple times and it's not like a big crash burnout. It's like the slow fading in type of type burnout, which just kind of creeps in slowly, slowly type of thing. I've been there a number of times. I also feel like right now I'm at this point where like I never have, I, I have so much shit to do. I don't have enough time. And then also energy, I, I get drained because I want to do all these big things with my freaking life and I don't have energy. So I did a lot of research about like energy and how to maintain it and be consistent and like all, like, all this good stuff, right? And uh, instead of having to go through like the tens of hours of videos and podcasts and blogs I read about it, I'll just give you the nice neat synopsis, my friend. Because again, we try to fly y'all. We, we try to fly and we wanna fly. Anyways, it's, it's actually very fascinating. I'm excited to share this with you. So like, remember the days where like hustle culture was an actual thing where you had the Gary Vaynerchuk's is like work till your face is off. Like, work till your face peels like a fucking potato and just keep working after that. And then after that, just work more. Y'all remember those days? Yeah, like the hustle culture stuff, right? It was a lot. So the problem with that thinking is I, I, I will talk for myself. I got indoctrinated into thinking that 
oh, the Elon Musks of the world and these big people of the world, they just work 80 hour a week, 80 hour weeks, straight nonstop like a bulldozer, like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and they just keep going week, 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 right? And so in my head, I'm thinking to myself, this must be the normal, right? Because I don't see other people working and I don't know what they're like, right? Because I'm working from fucking home all day. So like, this must be the normal. But the problem is like, I was at this point where I'm like, okay, I'm running this freelance business. It'd be so good to have this, uh, like this, like freedom to like work all the time. And one one week, I remember I have a whole calendar free. I'm like, oh, I want to get this much, this much done. But then when the week happened, I look back at it, I'm like, what the hell went wrong? I worked this much for this day, but then I had I was tired this day, but then I worked a lot this day, but then I was off this time. And like, why can't I just work consistent 10, 10, 10, 10, 10? Why does it have to be five, three, eight, 10, one? Like, what's going on? And now, my friend, I'm at this point where I've learned all that bullshit about all this hustle culture stuff is actually not sustainable. And I'll thank Naval Ravikant for that, this. But the idea here is this, Naval Ravikant, you don't know him, big tech philosopher, Tabba Aristotle, he's literally Aristotle in my eyes. And because he looks brown, he might be my uncle. There might be something there. <laughs> Anyways, he says, you know, these high performers, it's not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's better to work and burst and then take a rest, get inspired, get rejuvenated, and go back and burst, right? So it's like a, it's not like a brrrr 80 hours, no, it's like a brrrr ah, brrrr ah, ah, You feel me? That's how it actually is supposed to be, uh, right? Uh. And once I understood this, I'm like, oh, I've been doing it all wrong. Because there were days where like, I remember if you saw my last video, I was in Orlando and everything, I had two days for myself. And I'm like, I'm gonna get so much shit done in two days, so much fucking shit, it's gonna be crazy. Day one comes where I'm just grinding, I wake up early, gym, pool, boom, client work, boom, content, boom, and it's like, it's like two, and I'm like dead. And I'm like, I'm in bed, I'm like, I'm like, you can see fumes coming out of my body because my, bo my, my body just went through like the racetrack like 50 times or something. And I'm like, yes. The pain feels good because I'm so productive. I'm so productive and then I will do it again tomorrow. I will do the racetrack again tomorrow. I go to sleep, I wake up, and then I try to work. I'm like, I can't focus. Let me go for a walk. I can't focus. I can't focus. I can't focus. Right? And then, and like, the second day, I barely got much done. But in my head, I'm like, why didn't I get, like, like insane productivity and then another day of insane productivity? Why didn't I do that? I realize it's because our bodies are not meant to do that. Hmm. Our body, it's better that, let's say 10 hours, right? For the first day I worked, it's better if I work productively for like six hours and save another six for the next day, because then I can maintain longevity instead of having one huge burst and then literally having no energy or anything for the next day because I've used everything up the day before and my body's technically recovering, right? Um, I also, I want to share this it's like you know it's not about how long you work it's about the quality of work that you do within that time period so you can say you work eight hours a day right but then another person can come and have an equally productive day that work on more important things for just three hours but still got the same amount of output as you that you work eight hours but you weren't focused or just didn't do the right thing right 
So even even in like relationships, it's not about like how much time you spend someone. It's about the quality of time that you're spending with the person, the quality of the time with the person. If you're constantly zoned out, but you spend like whole week with them compared to like two days where you just zoned in on them, which one is better? Or even working out. Man, I was at the gym, y'all. You know what I don't like at the gym, man? This is me. When there's somebody there for like the whole day. You know what I mean? Like, you see them like just a whole day at the gym. For me, I like going to the gym, but I want to go in and get out because I'm hella productive. I want to be focused. Like, boom, 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 get out, right? Then I look back and I'm like, that guy has been there like three, three hours now. What the hell is he doing, right? I'm sure he'd probably do something, I don't know. But again, it comes back to, you know, it's not about how long you work. Like, if, what if that guy was like, oh, I was at the gym five, five hours today. I'm going to be at the gym five hours tomorrow. Ha, ha, ha. Listen, yo, it's not about how long you're at the gym. It's about the quality of the workout in the gym. So the same applies, my friend, to your productivity life. It's about the quality of the work, not the duration. Fuck the hustle culture shit. Because that's not the right thing, right way to go about it. Alright? Anyways, that's the point I've shared with you. Productivity tip. Can you fly yet? I'm pretty sure you can fly because I feel like I'm growing wings off the back of my, out of my back and I'm a fly soon. I'm a fly. Alright. Um to do. With that being said, I probably now end the podcast here. I hope you enjoy this long form type of thing where I kinda go on rants and talk about random topics that really uh, that I'm really passionate about. Uh, if you enjoyed this, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter for more mindset, career, and marketing tips from yours truly, y'all. And with that being said, thank you so much for watching and listening to this video. If you have any questions, be sure to reach me, reach out to me on IG, Instagram. I reply to my DMs, y'all. And with that being said, I love you. I appreciate you. Wish you all the best and success because you're fucking amazing. And I believe in you, even though I can't see you. But I know right now, right now, I'm looking into your eyes. And I want you to know, I truly believe in you. And you, my friend, you got this. You do. You fucking got this. So, I'll see you in the next video, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace, peace, peace.